name of God, the holy and undivided Trinity. Amen. Luke's accounts of the resurrection appearances of Jesus have about them the quality of the corporate life of the early church. There's a familiar pattern that reflects or is reflected in the pattern of gatherings among early Christians. Disciples experiencing doubt and fear. Jesus' appearance and confrontation. The opening of scripture. The sharing of a meal followed by rejoicing and witness. There is an integral and unbreakable connection between our life together and the experience of the risen Christ. Our gatherings, like this Sunday morning, are the place of surprise and discovery. And if we join the apostles during that first Easter, we will find that in company with one another, we are discovered by the risen Christ. This gathering of Jesus' followers which we read about in this morning's gospel, comes right after Cleopas and his companion experienced the risen Christ on the road to Emmaus. Today's reading begins at the point where they have returned to Jerusalem and are telling the others what happened. And Jesus came and stood among them. They were not expecting him. They were not looking for him. It takes a very special opening of the eyes to see and recognize the risen Christ because there is an inward blindness that has to be overcome. We have a way of seeing what we want to see or expect to see, and Jesus discovers us in this condition and desires to correct it. In company with one another, we discover him. They were terrified, says the text. But Jesus says to them, why are you alarmed? They could not believe their eyes. He showed them his hands and his feet. He ate some of the meal they were sharing. And he explained what they were experiencing in the light of the sacred text. Recognition of Jesus did not occur until after they had received the witness of Scripture and the sacrament, so to speak. It always amazes me that so many people are amazed that the church expects its members to be regular participants in corporate worship. Some say, attending worship doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a good Christian. I can be a good Christian and never darken the doors of a church. Well, you can be a good person, but you can't be a new creature. I know that's hard to take in the world we live in. But you see, you can do your own thing, but Christianity is not about doing your own thing. It is a corporate experience. It is something that is meant to be shared, and if you take that away from it, you destroy it altogether. The witness of Scripture, the teaching of the church, the experience of millions of Christians for 2,000 years is that gathering for word and sacrament on a regular basis is essential because it is in worship that the chief means of grace are offered to nourish and sustain us in the Christian life. 
It's true that one can discover Christ anywhere. But the normal way, the primary way, the most reliable way Jesus encounters people is through word and sacrament with the gathered community of his followers. That's why he established the church to begin with. And it is a gift to us as we struggle to live the Christian life. In company with one another, we discover our faith. One way of thinking about faith is in terms of a set of beliefs or doctrines. But first and foremost, faith is trust in God. St. Peter, in trying to explain the healing of the man who could not walk, says, What you see and know was done by faith in Jesus' name. It was faith in Jesus that has made him well, as you can see. For most of us, mature faith does not come all at once as a finished product. We grow into it over time, many of us over a very long period of time. Our church embraces that process. In fact, the most exemplary saints are never sure the process is ever complete. In the experience of worship, more than any experience of our lives, we place ourselves in the presence of the risen Christ, and in His presence we discover our faith together. In company with one another, we discover one another. We don't come into this house of worship from a vacuum where nothing has ever happened. When we gather for worship, we bring the hopes and the hurts of our lives with us. We share those things. We share who we are. And we discover one another. In a gathering to discuss the last general convention, a man expressed his opinion that the Episcopal Church is declining because of certain controversial issues among us in recent years. Well, when it was his turn to speak, one of my colleagues responded by saying that the reason we have declined more than anything else is that we've forgotten how to tell people about Jesus Christ. For us to recover that ability, we need to first recover the ability to share our faith one-on-one within the company of Jesus' followers, where it's safe to be vulnerable. We need to make all our meals and all our meetings experiences of shared faith in the risen Christ. In company with one another, we discover our feet. After their encounter with the risen one at Emmaus, Jesus was known to them in the breaking of bread, and those disciples went to the others as fast as they could go. The text suggests to us that they couldn't wait to get there. They had to tell what had happened to them. When Jesus stood among them, he told them, you are witnesses of these things. What if this church became that excited about its mission so that we couldn't wait to get out there and roll up our sleeves What mission takes is people whose experience with the risen Christ gets them out of their seat and up on their feet and into the street. There's energy and there's power in it. And the good news is it's not our own energy and power, but the energy of God, the energy that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the power given to us to be the body of Christ in the world at our doorstep. 
I submit to you today that Jesus shows us that he also desires to give life to our mortal bodies. And that our decisions to reach out to others are grounded in our experience together in corporate worship. What we do here produces fruit out there. We're able to bear that fruit because we return week after week to make sure we're still grafted into that vine without whom we can do nothing. In company with one another, we discover our voice. When Cleopas and his companion arrived in Jerusalem and found the other disciples, they told what they'd seen. They found the others also telling about their experience of the resurrection. There was amazement. There was praise. There was energy in that room when all those who'd encountered the risen Christ got there. That energy freed their voices to go out and tell. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 responded to their witness and joined them in following Christ. In worship, we discover the courage to give all and risk all for the sake of his gospel. And it takes a lot of courage, more courage than we have to give. And that's why we need word and sacrament and the strength of our corporate life. Through word and sacrament and our experience together in worship, we are encountered by the risen Christ. Our fears and our faith are put in balance. We discover ways to share our faith with one another. We discover our feet moving out to where our priestly ministry is needed in the world. We discover our voice to praise and to witness and we discover the courage to give all and risk all for the sake of that good news. Our sermons during the Easter season will be influenced by a book I've found helpful over the past few years. It's entitled The Five Practices of Fruitful Churches by Robert Schnazy. We'll also be encouraging all of you to read the book. I'll tell you where to get it on the electronic news and also to carry on conversations in your household and among your friends about the issues that are raised in this book and along the way at the end of the Easter season I want to challenge you to examine how these five practices might apply to the mission of the Episcopal Church in Jackson Hole and especially as you look to the future with a new rector the five practices, as identified by Robert Schnazy in his book, are these. Radical hospitality, passionate worship, intentional faith development, risk-taking mission and service, and extravagant generosity. The author observes that most churches would describe themselves as places where hospitality, worship, formation, service, and generosity may be found. What differentiates fruitful congregations, he says, is when these characteristics become intentional practices that are so obvious that one has to find adjectives that are powerful enough to describe what is going on. For example, if someone who visits us today experiences the hospitality we extend to them and tries to describe it tomorrow morning, might they describe our hospitality as radical? 
As Robert Schneezy says in his book, the words radical and hospitality are not usually together in one place. To advance the church, perhaps they should be. Christian hospitality refers to the active desire to invite, welcome, receive, and care for those who are strangers so that they too find a spiritual home and discover for themselves the unending riches of Christ. It describes a genuine love for others who are not yet a part of the faith community, an outward focus, a reaching out to those not yet known, a love that motivates church members to openness and adaptability, a willingness to change behaviors in order to accommodate the needs and receive the talents of newcomers. I hope you'll read the book, visit the website, have conversations, and open your life to the possibilities we will be exploring together in these coming weeks. I hope you'll gather with us and let the risen Christ help you make some new and possibly terrifying discoveries that will lead you to a renewal of mission. For Jesus says to us, as he said to his disciples so long ago, you are witnesses of these things. And that same risen Christ wants that witness to bear fruit for the sake of the creation for which he offers his very life. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please stand and